Hi, and welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are mid-April now, and uh, it's kind of crazy. This whole year has has been kind of nuts. Everything from... You know, starting the year off with a bang, um, membership-wise, we really uh, hit our stride, so to speak, and that that was great. Um, and then running into a wall with coronavirus, uh, you know, so th- things have been up and down. Um, and you know, one of the things that we have uh, really you know, struggled with is getting out other content. And I've talked about this on the last couple podcasts, been doing it only about one a month now, uh, as you guys know, um, some other priorities have to take place. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's where we're at. But one of the things that, uh, I have noticed that I wanted to get out today was just how people are handling this in general, but how we can, can turn this into a positive scenario for ourselves, not only financially, but really for the health and benefit of all of our clients and everyone that works with us. So the big thing for me um, has always been, and I've said this on the podcast and a couple other uh, scenarios, is that innovation, or pardon me, necessity breeds innovation. So we get in, in a scenario where we now don't have a barbell and a sled and kettlebells and dumbbells for all of our clients to work with. Um, you know, we we did petition uh, the governor when when things um, got put on a, a lockdown um, to be still to still be able to operate one on one, and and we were very fortunate to have been granted that. So we still have some one-on-one clients coming in, but we also have a lot that are unable to come in for a whole multitude of reasons. And so trying to keep everyone accountable and and moving forward has been very tough. Um, And so everyone and everyone's different in terms of how they're motivated and how we are actually getting reaching out to our clients. So I imagine you coaches out there that are listening to this are in in a similar scenario and maybe you guys have figured it out and gotten some great ideas on how to keep your at-home clients accountable. But I wanted to go over a few things that we are doing um, here at the Upstate Performance Project. Um, And I've talked about them on the podcast a little bit, but just kind of give you some updates, what's working, what's not. Um, but then also just some general attitudes, uh, unrelated to the coronavirus, just some general attitudes about, um, getting the most out of your clients. And I think that's, um, going to be the big take home from today's podcast. So let me jump right into what's working for us and what's not working for us. So first of all, we, um, we wanted to put out a, um, uh, different levels of at-home training. So that's, um, you know, video Skyping in. Um, now, of, oh gosh, going back two years ago, um, we were working with the Erskine College uh, volleyball team. And so when they left for the summer, 
um, we had, so when we had these clients or these, these athletes over the summer, they, they branched off and went back home to their respective hometowns where some of them had trainers that were working with them. But this was the first time that they'd had a full structured workout to do over the summer. Now they had conditioning and agility stuff that their coach had given them. Um, but this was continuing the work that we had done in the off season, uh, moving into the preseason in the summer. So what we decided to do was, was, um, some at home training. So we logged in, um, they would, they would send me videos back. I would critique them and send them back. I would log in sometimes and Skype in and watch them. And even, even when we got back or when they got back to, um, to school, a lot of times if I couldn't make it down there to, to train them in person, um, I would Skype in. And so we've, we've been using the Skype, um, or zoom uh, as everyone's using now, FaceTime, whatever the video conferencing modality is, we've used it for, for a couple years now to some good success. So we're, we're very familiar with that. And we, we've been able to make that work really well, but that's awkward for some. So we have a few clients that are taking advantage of that. Um, but by and large, most of our at-home clients right now have opted for um, kind of option two, which is, um, you know, following a workout that we send them um, and checking in. And we, we range everything from clients that have full home gyms to no equipment at all. And so we're trying to adjust the programming accordingly so that we can get the the most, obviously the most out of it, but um, we can still progress the clientele um, through progressive overload. All of our normal um, nine personal training habits and tenants that we try to stick to, there's no reason we can't do that even if we're only with body weight. So we've, we've tried to, you know, at least set up the programs in the first you know, a couple iterations to, to, to account for that. So it's not just, you know, push-ups and burpees and stuff like that, which are great. And there's plenty of those, but, um, we've used a system called our grade book, which, um, I've used with other clients in the past with, with very, you know, decent success. In other words, when it works, it works. When, when it falls by the wayside, it's a waste of time. Right, and so we've tried to refine that in this process. Again, as I said at the top of the podcast, necessity breeds innovation. So we're trying to come up with ideas that we don't normally use or wouldn't normally need because we'd have clients coming in the gym that we're trying to utilize at home and still keep, still maintain the same level of accountability because that is what has been the problem. The problem has not been the workouts themselves. You know, the, we've gotten feedback from workouts that they've done. Oh my gosh, this was killer. This was, I didn't know body weight, you know, could be this challenging and, you know, things like that. So we've realized it's the delivery system is not the issue either because the getting them the workouts in an Excel folder or via text or Skype, however, the delivery system, that's not been the problem. It's the accountability. So with our grade book, the idea is, you know, we check, we're checking in on that. I can make comments on the grade book. Um, and the grade book again, just goes to, um, help keep accountable what you're doing, knowing that myself or Chelsea will be looking in every day at what you have done and or not done. 
Um, and again, that's been mixed results. Some, some of the clients using it love it. Some people do like it, um, but aren't as active with it. And some have not even opened it up yet, um, whether they're doing exercises or not. But I have found the ones that are not opening it up are generally the ones not doing their exercises. So again, we have to go back and retool. So if you have clients that are not doing their home workouts right now because of the lack of accountability, you have to figure out a different way. So we came out with these three levels, right? Just a, um, an online program that we would, you know, do some video analysis on. That's kind of the mid-level. The upper level is a full-on Skype session. And then the base level is just following the, the gradebook uh, or a combination of all three, right? So we, we had these scenarios and now we, you know, a couple weeks into this whole quarantine thing, we have to go back and figure out what's working, what's not working and adjust. So that leads me into attitude. So this is the main meat and potatoes of what I wanted to talk about today. So I'm going to start with the attitudes of us, the trainer, then I'll get into the attitudes of the client and, and how we need to adjust these attitudes. So we as trainers can be very um, frustrated and get, get not mad, but get, it's easy for us to say, well, I'm, I'm providing all this stuff. Why aren't they doing it? I'm giving them this stuff. There's an easy way to log in. There's easy ways to do this, or I'm providing all this opportunity and they're not taking advantage of it. And so it's, it'd be easy for us to get just lost in that and, and be frustrated at clients and not, not be mad at them, but be frustrated with them and, and not understand why and put the blame on them rather than reflect and put the blame black on us. Again, not that there's blame, not that we've done something wrong, but we're looking at it the wrong way. And that is where I think Chelsea and I have really tried our best to avoid. Again, it's not always something we're successful at, but we try to avoid that in the sense that we know if a client is not coming in on time, or if a client is not adhering to an at-home program or something like that, it's not necessarily their fault. Um, again, we'll talk about the, on the client side and, and excuses here in a minute, but I'm still talking about personal training attitudes, our attitudes as coaches and trainers. Rather than get upset with the client, we need to say, okay, that didn't work. You know, it may have made sense to me. They may have understood it. They may have been excited to try it and maybe did for a couple days, but then fell off because it wasn't engaging enough to keep them accountable. Just the fact that I was going to check in on a log sheet, I think would be a great idea and I, it would keep me accountable, but that doesn't mean it's going to keep my, every one of my clients. And in some of my clients, very accountable, others, not at all. So it's all about how we adapt and again, necessity breeds innovation. So if these ideas work, you've got to be able to scrap or take what works and, and expand on it or scrap what doesn't and either build on it or come up with something completely different. So um, what I've decided to do um, yesterday with, with no um, 
fanfare or uh, or um, heads up, so to speak, I just started randomly texting all my home clients, um, little positive, hey, today we're gonna kick some ass, we're gonna do this. I probably emailed six or seven clients um, who are working at home, and you know, the thought is, I'm trying something else. This may work, it may not. Um, but what I have to do, and what Chelsea has to do with some of her at-home clients, is look at all the potential roadblocks. Work backwards, you know, reverse engineer the situation. So if they are not adhering to the program, the thought is, would they be coming to us as personal training clients in the first place if they um, knew what to do and could keep themselves accountable um, and all of the stuff that they're paying us to do, right? So we have to be able to adjust and keep pushing and keep trying. We're not perfect. Not every idea we have is going to work with every client. It will work with some, but it won't work with others. That's why it's called personal training. Again, we've said this before. So there's no different here no difference here. Now, when they're in the gym, most of our clients, I would say all but, you know, just a one or two of my clients, and and, and, and there's reasons why, um, work very, very hard when they come into the, to the uh, gym. But if they're not able to come into the gym, they're not necessarily pushing themselves as hard because there's a whole lot of other stressors. There's a whole lot of other life issues. And if I can't see the client to sit down and talk with them and figure this out, which you know, that happens in the gym a lot of times. Hey, what's been going on in your day to day? Well, this has been a problem and this is why I've not been eating well. Okay, we can make some adjustments. If I'm not seeing the client on a day to day basis, I don't know. And so it's much harder to, you know, keep accountability. So we have to keep thinking, what is it that drives that client? So you have to go back and individualize your accountability program. So for example, um, my uh, grade book, Let's, let's start with that. That was something that um, I originally came up with for um, one of my clients uh, to get her back on track nutritionally, right? So had had some good success um, over the summer, um, had fallen off a little bit just due to, you know, life uh, stuff that happens, totally understandable, uh, and, and shit, it happens, right? So we, we talked, what can we do? Let's try this to keep each other accountable. So I'm, I've got something I need to be doing to, to, you know, take my service to the next level, but also to make sure that, uh, she feels, um, I'm, I'm doing all I can to help her. Um, and so we came up with this idea and this was before the whole coronavirus thing. So I took that grade book and I thought, okay, now that I've got to train more and more clients at home, this is going to be a great way for me to keep everyone accountable. And as I've rolled it out, as I said, some, several people have dove right in and loved the spreadsheets and loved typing it in and loved the graphs and all that kind of stuff. And others haven't even opened it. So um, clearly that's not the biggest, you know, draw for everybody. So I have to go back and say, okay, what do I know about this particular guy? Why is he not opening it? Or why is she not opening it? Or whatever the case is. And you have to draw on what you know about that person. What motivates them in the gym? How do you push them when they're in the gym, right? And okay, how can I do that at home? And so again, using these models that we've always talked about, behavior change models, 
um, trans theoretical model is the one that fits this scenario the best because we have a roadblock. The roadblock is we, a lot of our clients can't come into the gym. Um, so what do we do? Well, we, we come up with a solution um, and you know it may work, it may not. If it doesn't work, we go back. Why didn't it work? It didn't work because, again, the accountability wasn't strong enough. So we have to up the accountability. Okay, so what do I do? I start sending text messages. Does this work? Maybe, maybe not. It will work for some, it won't work for others. So you keep honing, you keep trying. But the main attitude here, and this is the take home point. Don't sit and blame clients if they are not working and doing your home workouts that you're sending them. Remember, your clients came to you for you, your expertise and what you know. And if they're not adhering to it now that they're at home, it's because they came to you in the first place because they needed help with that. And they still need help with that. And that's what you're there to provide. So you have to grow and be creative. And I'm not saying it's something that you should know already and should you should already have been doing this and, and you're failing if you haven't. I'm saying... We're all trying to figure out what the next best move is and how to keep people accountable. And, you know, there's a lot of apps out there. There's, you know, apps that just do body weight stuff uh, that keep things, you know, in track. But it's still, again, the workout is not the problem. The delivery system has not been the problem. It's clearly the accountability. That's the biggest thing. And although we thought we had great, you know, a great system, three different levels. Some of it's working, some of it's not. So we're taking that and building on what has not worked and what has worked. And and again, making it individual. So don't, don't take it as, why aren't they doing this? Gosh, and get frustrated. It's saying, okay, that didn't work. What can I do to really, you know, ignite a fire here? Because that's really the main thing. Now, on the flip side, we've got other attitudes that we need to talk about as well. And and this this I, I mentioned I said before that you know I want to talk about clients' attitudes. The this will be clients' attitudes and then how we as trainers deal with those attitudes, okay? Because we're gonna get clients that come in and, and this this is this is less about the coronavirus time and working at home. This is more just in general. Because like I said, we've been very lucky and that we are able to stay open and train one-on-one. -on -one. And so we still have some people coming in and we're still dealing with some of the same issues that we've always dealt with, with, uh, with certain, certain clients and certain types of clients that, that we've seen throughout the years. And what that is, is taking the, the training seriously. So we could start off by saying, you know, what is it that, you know, is going to make someone uh, super accountable and super motivated to come in and work out and, and, and you know, uh, want to change their life? Well, if they've come to you and hired you, you know, generally that's a good, I, it's a good uh, indication that they're wanting to make a change. Now, just because they've taken that first step doesn't mean it's going to e be easy and that, they're that they'll adhere to it and that they'll take it as seriously as you want them to take it. So, once again, if you don't establish your set of rules and what you expect of them up front, 
it's gonna be really hard to change down the road. Same thing with like with your kid. If you let your kid get away with a behavior that you don't want, and you just let it go, let it go, let it go, until you get to your breaking point, and then you try to make a change, they are going to be frustrated with you because they're like, why didn't you tell me ahead of time? Or if they don't, if they don't think of it that way, it's going to be, um, they're gonna feel bad because they didn't realize that they were causing a problem um, because you just let it slide. And not that you have to be rude and, and be forceful, but you have to be able to um, take each scenario and, and kind of figure out a tactful way of laying down the law. Now, generally speaking, that should be done right up front, clear expectations in like a client um, trainer contract. Now, we have a contract here, and I admit, I don't hand it out to all my clients up front. I, I want to, and it's something I need to be better at. Um, but it's something that generally everyone's feeling good in that consultation. So it's kind of like, ah, I'm not going to really do it because this person seems motivated. And then three weeks into it, they're, they're missing half their appointments or no show and uh, show up late. And, you know, then I have to lay down the law. Now, if I had laid down the law in the beginning, that gives me a little bit more of a leg to stand on. Hey, remember we talked about this. You know, this time slot is is valuable and there's other people that want this time slot. So you need to be showing up on time. But we all know that that is a very difficult situation um, and it's one that we can get into very easily. I've been in it many times. Chelsea's been in it many times where we let a bad behavior slide more than once and then all of a sudden we're stuck with being frustrated with that client for repeatedly displaying this bad behavior, yet we have not corrected it. So we could get mad and say, why don't they respect us? Why don't they respect our time? Why? Because we haven't proven that it's worth or worthy of that respect. Now, sometimes people will say, well, it's the price. You know, we offer a pretty cheap personal training price. If you look around Greenville, um, our prices are pretty low, but also we've been very open with our pricing. Um, not a lot of training gyms out there just list their prices straight up on their website. And we did that very intentionally and we've gotten a lot of good feedback. So there's a little trade secret for you if you're, if you've got a gym here in Greenville, um, that's, that's a good idea that you might want to think about. Um, but our prices are fairly low, um, comparatively. And some people would say, well, if you're not valuing yourself at a higher price, then you're, then that's the kind of, um, response you'll get. You'll get people that can afford it, buy it, but don't really, it, the financial, um, payment is not enough to, you know, uh, make them accountable. You know, if they were paying twice as much, maybe they adhere a little bit better because it's more of an in financial investment for them. Well, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. And there's a lot of, you know, talk between Chelsea and I, you know, when we came up with our prices and we did change our prices once. Um, but it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things, a lot of back and forth on what's the best decision because we've made justifications both ways. And the reason we've kept our prices where they are rather than bump them up is because, you know, we, even though we understand that some people may not value it as much because it's not a super expensive endeavor. 
it's more about being accessible and taking away, not excuses, but taking away limitations for people. You know, this word privilege gets thrown around a lot lately. Um, And I'm not going to get into a political rant here. But a lot of times people talk about this fitness privilege and, and, you know, that fitness and health is only for those that can afford it. And it is true. I mean, shoot, I remember 25 years ago reading, you know, about how, um, you know, your status will affect what you have available to them. You know, uh, you can afford to eat the organic foods. You can go to the gyms. You can do all these things. And and that is true. There's there's no denying that. Um, but what I'd like to, to say or what I'd like to think about in that is that we want to have... Um, you know, an ability to take away limitations and excuses or limitations and roadblocks, we'll say. And so our price reflects that. So what we, what that does is that puts the onus on us to really provide the value once they're in here that, oh my gosh, I'm getting a steal, right? Okay. So that's what you need to think about when you're setting your prices. So you go to that next level of accountability. So if the price isn't enough to keep them accountable or to have them show up on time or whatever behavior that they're displaying, um, you need to be able to, again, just like you did with the home clients, um, you need to figure out how to address that problem early on and fix it. And if you get into a situation like I've been in and most other trainers have been where you've let a, a, a minor behavior go on for a long time that now becomes very irritating. You can't get mad at the client. And I'll say that again. It may be their fault. They may be somewhat disrespecting your time. And that's true. But you haven't given them a reason to respect that time. You've allowed them, whether it be passively um, or inadvertently or subconsciously, let them get away with that and shown that you are not respecting your own time. So how do you reclaim that? That's the big thing. That's the big question. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a couple different ways. Um, So let's take a scenario. And again, we don't have time to play out every scenario here, but let me just give you one that I think is probably the most common. This is clients habitually showing up late, right? So clients who never, who aren't there on time. Um, and that does, a, that does a whole myriad of things. A, if they show up late, they're not going to get the most out of their workout. If they don't get the most out of their workout, they don't get the results they want and they, it's harder to retain them. Or even if they do keep paying and you retain them financially, they're still not getting the results they want. And people know they're working out with you, but they're not getting the results. They don't know that their friend is not showing up half the time. They just know, oh, they're training with Pete and Chelsea and not getting any results. So Pete and Chelsea must not be very good trainers, right? So if that's your scenario, you need to think about it from that angle as well. But generally speaking, there's a reason why people are late all the time. And it could be they're rushing from work, could be the, you know, pulling away from kids, could be they oversleep, could if they if they're a morning worker outer. Uh, so there's a whole lot, a whole host of reasons uh, that could be causing this. And again, we're not psychologists, we're not gonna sit down and really delve into that necessarily. But what you do need to do is come up with a way to bring it up tactfully, especially especially if you have let this go on for a little while. 
if you didn't nip it in the bud when it first happened, it's kind of on you now to rectify that situation, right? And so uh, one way to do that would be, um, I think the easiest way is to let them know, hey, um, you know, this this uh, time slot is, is uh, filling up. Uh, or there's a lot of people that want this time slot. Um, you know, I understand it's been hard for you to make these times and we've had to cancel a lot. Um, or there's been a few no shows. Um, you know, I really want to get this commitment from you because I want I really see potential and, you know, I want you to keep seeing these results, but I need you to you know be here on time because I've got other people that, that will. So you could, you could lay that down. Um, you could also say to them, um, and this is this is probably the, the approach I would go with, depending on the person. Um, but I would let them know that there are, you know, 15 minutes uh, that we're losing every session. You add that up, that's one less session that they could be getting in per month or, or, or per week or whatever, you know, however many times they're coming in. And that their results are going to reflect that, that they could, they're getting great results. You're, you're working really hard when you're here, but think about what else you could be accomplishing in the same amount of time um and so you know you paint that picture or you could even say hey you know rather than broach this the subject of um look you know you're late all the time and i need you to be here you could say look i've got a new plan for you i've got i've got some new ideas um some of these new ideas though might add a little bit of time to our session so we really need that full hour um, and I really think you're going to take your training to the next level. You've been succeeding. So again, you're letting them know that they're working hard and you appreciate what they do when they're there, but you're also letting them know that, look, we really need this full hour, um, to get everything done that we want to get done. Um, you know, and those are all somewhat on the passive aggressive side. Um, the best way to do it is nip it in the bud. So it doesn't happen in the first place, but I'm trying to talk about how to rein it in once you're out there. So once you're out there, um, that's that's one of the best ways to do it is to you know kind of let them know that hey they're doing great but we can take it to the next level. I've got some ideas. So you're saying look, I, you know you're passively saying I, I recognize that you're late every time, and we're not getting the full results. And I've got some new things I want to show you, but I'm going to need more time. You know I'm going to need you to be on time. That still may not be most effective. And that's not really addressing the real problem. And we don't know what the real problem is. They could just be, you know, someone that oversleeps a lot or, you know, there could be a lot of other things going on. And that goes back to everything that we've talked about since I've started this podcast. It's about the whole behavior change. So this is where we need to pull the client aside and say, look, um, you know, part of my job is to recognize when, you know, things are happening all the time. So I, I, I recognize that you've been late to a lot of sessions or you've no showed or whatever the case is in this scenario late. Um, and you know, I understand time is hard to manage sometimes with work and kids and waking up early and things like that, but we need to, you know, prioritize things or we're not going to be able to get the results that we want. And taking a hard line approach like that and, and breaking it down like, look, we're not going to get where you want to go if this continues. That's really the best option. And this is what generally I will do. So, for example, I had a client say, who, who was doing this habitually late. 
and I would kind of joke about it. They would always profusely apologize, you know, so it was always recognized. They knew they were late. They didn't want it to be deemed as disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were like, I, I really enjoy the training. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm late, you know, as opposed to just strolling in 15 minutes late and not saying anything. So at least they were somewhat apologetic about it, but it didn't change the fact that they were late all the time. And so I I did let it go, but we had talked about it. And, and so I, I didn't let it go in the sense that I didn't let it go unrecognized, but I didn't at first do anything to change it other than I made the workouts a little bit different um, rather than some of the hour stuff. I cut out a few things and focused on um, some of the big over overall goals that that they had and i just wasn't happy with the results so i i had to say something and i said okay why why is it that we're late and you know it turns out it's work related and there's there's just a lot of things going on in in this client's life that are you know preventing them from you know pulling away at the right time for work or saying no and 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 that got into a whole deeper discussion um, but the idea was I put them on a plan. I had, I, I outlined a plan of how to organize their day, uh, in order to make, not just to exercise the priority, but make time management better for him. And that it's going to help them in not just the fitness area, but in all aspects of, of, of his life. And I have to say that he made made some good changes. It took about two or three weeks for him to really solidify these changes, but since then, it really has. And um, since then, being late, um, I don't think he's been more than a minute or two late, which is obviously you know a good thing. Um, but it, it's not something that I even worry about anymore. I get a full hour session. Our workouts have been better. In fact, one thing that he had some nagging pain, that nagging pain has gone away because I have more time now to sit with him and give him more, um, you know, corrective stuff. You know, I, before I was like trying to get the meat and potatoes in, but hoping the corrective stuff would be done on his own rather than do the corrective stuff. And again, it was nothing that was an injury that we were trying to work around. It was just, you know, some, some extra stuff that he needed to be working on, like stretching and, and things like that. Well, those were the things that, you know, we didn't do as much. So we've changed that and that's been great. And our, our results have been going really, really well. So the bottom line is if you've let something get far out a bad behavior, don't blame the client. The client needs your help or they wouldn't have been coming to you in the first place. So before you get frustrated and before we, you know, get frustrated with all of this stuff going on right now, the whole uncertainty of our jobs, the uncertainty of, of you know, how we're going to make a living, how we're going to train people online, especially if they're not complying, we can get very frustrated with all that and lose our way. What we need to do is keep a level head and keep thinking about the individual person, what drives them, what motivates them, how is that knowledge going to help us deliver the best product and keep them accountable even if we don't see them right now in the gym so i have a lot of other examples and again i, I could go on and on about different scenarios um 
but rather than do that, I, I, I wanted to get you guys thinking about this. And, and, and trainers, I'm really speaking to you today. I really want you to think about how you are going to um, change your delivery methods, change you, how you keep people accountable, all of those things to keep the needle moving forward because um, it's up to you. It's up to you. You can be frustrated with how people are... are um, staying accountable or not but if they're not it's not necessarily because they're not wanting to do that it could be because you haven't given them the right tools to do that it may seem kind of harsh but it's just again going back to the self-reflection that i've talked about a lot and and that may seem a little bit negative um you know like i like you're not doing a good job but, and I don't mean it that way. I just mean it, you know, you can't have an attitude of dismissal and frustration with your client. Take it upon yourself. Okay. They, they aren't being accountable. They aren't doing what I ask of them. Why? And cover all of your bases. If you call and text and video and everything, and they're still not doing it. Okay there's still something else that you could recognize. It may not be something that you're able to help with, but you can recognize what the problem is. And as personal trainers, yeah, it may seem like all we do is write the workouts and help people lift weights and count sets. But really, we're, we should be aiming to help change their lifestyle as well. I know that's what we do here. So that's something to think about. Have a good one.